you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erina Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory, <clears throat> excuse me, and Jay Macaron Tap to help us navigate the show. We appreciate you listening today. We're going to spend some time uh, talking about the good father effect and uh, all of the ways that, well, discussing all of the ways that we have minimized fathers in our culture. And even among Christians, we have believed some of the lies that have been packaged for us in ways that seem good, seem right, um, which I often say that we never have to be victims of the culture's pendulum swings if mm. we just stick to the word. Amen. Like we never have to look back and say, oh, man, why did we do that if we just stick to the word? If we go to scripture for all of our belief and practice, yeah. uh, then we're not going to go back later and say, okay, now we need to be on this pendulum <laughs> kind of holding on right. and swinging with the culture. I don't think right. we need to be in that position um, but we do know that just a few years ago, um, we began this discussion about the usefulness of fathers, that, you know, mothers could do everything. And you've got people who, you know, as single mothers adopting children and, and all of these things, this, this, this big push that we tried to ignore men and ignore fathers mm. because they were toxic. And we tried to recreate what was an intact family. Um, by normalizing a dismantled family. Mm. Um, Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. uh, the organization also publicized this on their website at their genesis that they were committed to dismantling the Western prescription for family. Right. This is not a Western prescription. This is a <laughs> biblical prescription. It goes back to the beginning. Um, but that just is another display of ignorance. Just right. don't know. You know what I mean? Or yep. don't care. Okay. Both. Maybe no, but both. Or a combination of both. Could be both. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I was reading a Wall Street Journal article that I found absolutely fascinating. And, and I just want to set this up and then we want to make a couple of announcements to you and, and then get back into the content. Mm -hmm. But I was reading this article and I thought, here it is again. Truth floats. It just cannot be suppressed. I don't care how much wicked men, evil men try to suppress the knowledge of God, try to suppress the accuracy of his word. God's word is accurate. It, I mean, there's just no other way to describe that. And, and it's time for Christians in America to, to determine that you will put your full trust in that word in the accuracy of that word, that, that everything that the Bible asserts can be trusted. Yes. And so anyway, reading this wall street journal article, I thought let's talk about it publicly. So we're going to do that. We've also been having a lot of conversation about, the emotional state of our daughters and our sons, but even more so our daughters. And so we'll unpack that maybe, I, I, I would say, in the weeks to come. But today I want to look specifically at the roles of fathers and how even sometimes moms can, um, you know, unbeknownst to us, get in the way of what God designed and expects mm. of dads to do. 
And so we're just going to have a candid conversation about that. Hopefully this will be a blessing. It'll be beneficial to you and your family. When we look at moms and dads, I usually don't like to stop there. I I like to go a generation back and say grandparents as well, (laughs) maybe two generations back um, and, and say that we all have a role and we have a part to play. Because if you look at the culture, you'll recognize that the culture does not expect. Now, when I say parents in this case, I mean, secular parents, the culture does not anticipate that only parents or the closest generation to the children will have their hands on the children. If you look at a secular culture, it goes back as many generations as possible Mm. to build its coalition to impact the lives of children. Okay. That's why, you know, Bernie Sanders is still on the circuit, right? It doesn't matter what your age is. With a lot is. of like, young people following him. And a lot of young people are following uh-huh. him and his ideals, if right. you will. And so what I'm trying to say is, come on, guys, rally up. Yeah. Like that's, that's in every generation, um, as long as there's breath in your lungs, as long as you are among the living, there is work for you to do in the kingdom of God. And in your purview, that work should include the influence of the next generation for godliness. Mm. That is so important. We have... We have fallen so short in this. We think that, you know, the youth ministry, youth ministry needs to be um, largely populated by those in the skinny jeans. And you know what I mean? Like, you know, popping the gum, you know what I mean? Like that's that's the hi, I'm here. I'm the, you know, whatever. No, what I'm saying is the intergenerational impact um, that God intended to be. Uh, present in the lives of our kids cannot be overstated and it cannot be ignored. So anyway, mm. that among other things we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that, Will the Great, we've got a few announcements that we want to make. Yeah, uh, we are gathering listener stories. That's one announcement. Before I, I go there, if you want to email us, you can email us at, at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. You can also uh, watch the broadcast live, Facebook, and YouTube. Right now, we are on both, so if you want to catch it, just search Aaron Addison's. But listener stories um, uh, for our Sherathon that's coming up, Spring Sherathon, we would love to hear from you. Has the Lord used American Family Radio in your life? Have you been there? Have you been there or given the right thought at just the right time? Please share your story. If you want to uh, leave your listener testimony, for, for those who have been listening for a long time, you know how to do it. Just call 877-876-8893. 877-876-8893, and you're going to leave a voicemail message. And that's going to be taken, it's going to be produced, and you may hear it during our share So if you can help us out with that, it's a very encouraging time for us as hosts to hear these different testimonies of what God is doing in the life of the listeners. And so if you want to give your listener uh, testimony, your li- listener story, call 877-876-8893. All right. Um I wish I thought I had this information in front of me. I wanted yes. to announce it. And maybe you have the dates and the location. Will be great. I don't have it right Uh-oh. in front of me. And I did. I'm putting you on the spot. Most recently here coming up, we're going to be in Paris, Tennessee at the Truth yes, for a New I Generation can, Conference. I can get it real quick. Um, like under really the direction quick. of uh, Dr. Alex McFarlane. I'm really excited about that. Yes. Um, I had all of these. So we'll be there. I can't find it. April, April 19th uh, through the 21st. If I want. If I want yes. Okay, do we have the name of the church? In Paris, uh, Tennessee. No, I don't have the name of the church. Oh, what a failure on Uh, my part. I because I wanted to I wanted to announce this and wanted to keep all of these places in front of me and I can't find it. I had it up here on my desktop. But I I will say this whenever IT has to help me, whenever (laughs) they have to remote in to help me with my machine, Mm -hmm. um, 
I notoriously have a billion things opened on my desktop. And uh, in particular, <laughs> Joe will say, do you need any of this? Like, can can I shut all of this stuff down? And you're like, yes, I need it all. I need it all. Please, can you work <laughs> around it? And usually it's like, no, we need to restart the machine. So anyway, I don't know. I had it here and I can't find it. Hold but on. I will get the exact. Okay, do you have? Tennessee you have Valley it? Community Church in Paris, Tennessee. Yay. Tennessee Valley Community Church, Paris, Tennessee, April 19th to the 23rd. We'll be there for the Truth for a New Generation Conference. And so, uh, yeah, if you're able to come April 19th to the 23rd, Tennessee Valley uh, Community Church in Paris, Tennessee. That's it. Yeah, we're going to be doing a special youth uh, presentation uh, as a part of that conference, or maybe it's kind of a pre-conference event. I want to say that that's happening on a Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, You can find more information by going to alexmcfarland.com. Yes. AlexMcFarland.com, and you can find the conference date, the location. You can find the opportunity to get your young person involved in the youth presentation that we're going to facilitate. The question that we'll be asking our youth, our youth, is uh, what is truth? Mm. What is truth? So that's going to be kind of how we started off. Uh, Abraham Hamilton III will also be there. Mm-hmm. Pastor Bert Harper will be there. Of course, Dr. Alex McFarland himself as the the theme of the conference is truth matters truth matters so we'll be looking at all of the cultural issues and presenting our position the response to the culture as truth has come under attack um we'll be i didn't mean for this to rhyme but we'll be pushing back okay i did not mean for that to rhyme so i had to give a little pause so it doesn't sound like i'm trying to rap okay so anyway and if more you information, were. it's okay <laughs> Uh, more information available for you at um, alexmcfarland.com. Hopefully you can meet us in Paris, Tennessee. Yes. Everybody wants to go to Paris. All right, here we go. The Wall Street. <laughs> That's good. You're welcome. The Wall Street Journal article that grabbed my attention mm-hmm. and uh, confirmed that we, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, need to continue sticking to the script. Yes. We don't need to be moved by the culture. Amen. Here's the article written by a woman named Jennifer Wallace, uh, and it grabbed my attention, Why Children Need Nurturing Fathers. Which, do you understand that just that title, right, just that headline could be triggering in the culture that we live in? I was very surprised to come across this article (laughs) in my, you know, routine news article scrolling. Like, wait, the Wall Street Journal ran a piece that said fathers, men are important. At some point, everyone has to be confronted with the truth. At some point, you have to say the old school, duh. Yeah, exactly. You know, That's like, exactly yes. right. Yeah. Yes. You know, and it's again, it to me falls into the category of the fact that truth floats, that it yeah. will always come back to the surface. It doesn't matter how many different cultural, you know, changes we go through. Mm-hmm. The in, in, enduring word of God stands firm and it's right. fixed. So so here we go. I'm going to read a good bit of this and we'll kind of talk around it, um, sharing a little bit of our own discoveries here mm-hmm. and, and just kind of being really honest with you about what we are learning, even as we observe in the culture. So just uh, hang out with us for about 45 minutes. Here we go. (laughs) Until a few decades ago, Jennifer Wallace writes, until uh, until a few decades ago, Mm -hmm. American parents generally fell into specific gender roles with fathers as providers and mothers as nurturers. I'm not going to get through it if I do it like this, but please (laughs) can I just stop for a second, guys? Okay, so it is so important that Jennifer Wallace writes American parents generally fell into specific gender roles mm. there. And, and I'm going to make this point again, <laughs> as we go, <laughs> guys, 
I want people to understand how much I love my country mm. and how much I am so grateful that this is the land that I was born in, right? Like that this is my home. I, I see the sovereignty and the wisdom of God in that. But I got to tell you, as I have grown in my knowledge of God and my knowledge of scripture, I have also come to recognize a lot of things that are American tradition that are not necessarily biblical. Mm. And when I examine those things, I feel like, oh, Lord, return us to the truth of your word in every generation and in every culture that we exist. And let us not hold on to anything too tightly that cannot be reconciled to your truth. And so when I look at the way our American culture has almost become Bible for so many people, it's quite troubling. Mm. And so when she says American parents, I think it is incredibly important that she offers that type of specificity up front yeah. because I'm going to continue to make the, make the case that what we have seen in the way we think of parenting and even the way we think of the roles of men and women has come from American tradition and not biblical understanding. And so now we're getting the results of that. Okay. So having said that, I'll keep going. Okay. Though many more mothers are also providers today, Research suggests that fathers still lag behind in responsive care or as responsive caregivers. A soon to be published survey of more than 1600 teenagers by the Harvard Education Schools Making Caring Common Project. Okay, Harvard. I know. Let me (laughs) some pausing might help here. Harvard Education Schools Making Caring Common Schools Making (laughs) Caring Common Project found that almost twice as many 14 to 18 year old boys and girls feel comfortable opening up to their mothers Mm -hmm. at 72% as to their fathers, 39% Mm -hmm. about anxiety, depression, or other mental health challenges. The gap suggests that fathers can become much more involved at home, offering the kind of emotional support that many children today so urgently need. Hmm. Okay. I have an opinion so, about that. <laughs> okay. So, well, I, do we have time? Should we <laughs> no, get into we it on time. the other side of the break? Yes, okay. Yes. Well, let's get into it on the other side of the break because as much as we can, I really kind of wanted to journey through this article. There's so much here that I thought you got to be careful in the way you interpret that. But there's a lot of it I found. This is just foundational. Mm-hmm. But we've lost a lot of this because we recreated a method of parenting That was an American ideal. It was an American ideal that largely you didn't see represented in scripture. So we'll Mm. take the break and we'll talk about that on the other side. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Our Father, which art in heaven. Yeah, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison. Excuse me. I'm uh, look, guys. Seasonal allergies. Okay, this here we are again. I was Man. doing so much better, but it's back. It's actually so a new I, story that the pollen this goodness. year around, this this <laughs> this go around is like 
Is it on, heavier, explode, thicker? Yeah, like, oh my goodness, it's, yeah, it's just been so bad. All of headlines all of us. about it. So, like, but. so I apologize in advance. <laughs> I, you know, I do, I do work hard to have a consistent sound. But anyway, that's the best we can do. Let me also apologize for this. While I am apologizing for things, let me apologize for anyone who is recently following just our family uh, YouTube channel, and you <laughs> thought that we were making a baby announcement. That's funny. I'm really sorry about that. Okay, listen, so we get so many questions, people asking about what we're doing with our family and, and you know, kind of the conversations that we have with our family. And we mm. post videos from time to time on our Facebook page and, and people have responded that they would they would enjoy more of that. And we don't want to add to the noise of people's lives. And indeed, you know, our kids, it's very controlled what they get to enjoy as far as videos go. So we thought that we would roll out our family page just so for family friendly entertainment mm -hmm. uh, and then also to chronicle some of these trips, there are some things that happen on the trips that are pretty crazy, pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. And we thought, well, you know, we could share that with our family and that it would be encouraging. And there's some other things that, that we plan to do. And so last night we were making a video about what we were going to prepare for dinner. <laughs> and we had all of the building blocks for the meal blocks that's not appealing we had all of the ingredients <laughs> for the meal this just in mika and will feed kids wood all right that's um funny. no so blocks. so the the title of the video was what will it be mm. and what will it we kind of wrapped it out you know what will it be and we showed all and and so the, the views on that video i thought well that's kind of funny that so many people it's just a right. short it's just like 10 to 15 seconds of what will it be? Well, we learned from our dear friend and co-laborer here, uh, <laughs> Mel, that she thought it was a baby reveal video. <laughs> nah. And so we thought, oh, did our other family members think that as well? And they clicked on it and were so disappointed. Oh, it's food? <laughs> and it's no, I, nobody else said anything, but you can kind of... They were all thinking it. Yeah, they were all like, thinking huh, it. They, they probably thought... So if you if you follow our Facebook page and you see the video there, just know that that is a different channel. That's our family channel. And uh, there'll be some other fun things that we'll do there. We'll post some of our discussions when we talk about cultural issues and um, there may be some story time. And some conversations uh, with the children. That's always exactly right. Yeah, that's always. So good. anyway, uh, we will not mislead people, though. So that <laughs> was funny. not th that was not clickbait. Right, right. You know what I mean? I just want to say purpose. it really was describing a meal. What will it be? We tend not to describe our kids as it. So I just will say that. So you'll know if there's a baby announcement, it won't be described. The announcement is the subject. So that's why it. OK, the, I'm going to move on. Here's the story. Let's get back to the Wall Street Journal here. We're talking about uh, why children need nurturing fathers. This is a Wall Street Journal article, <laughs> I thought. It's fascinating. But Willie Great, you wanted yes. to comment on something. Let me read the last line yeah. here. Yeah. The gap in talking about how comfortable children feel in expressing their emotions, their mm -hmm. anxiety mm -hmm. um, to their parent, uh, to their mother versus their father. Yeah. And then the article went on to say the gap suggests that fathers can be uh, much more involved at home, mm. offering the kind of emotional support that many children today so urgently need. You had some thoughts about that. Well, I, you know, maybe that there is some truth to that. I, I know growing up, you know, in, in my fi family dynamic, you know, I, especially at a younger age, I went to my mom a lot. Mm -hmm. But it, was, it wasn't because my dad wasn't uh, involved. It was just because men in that time, I felt like didn't, like if you had all these different emotional issues, it was a more of a, Come on, man. Like, man up. Like, come on. Yeah, like. I think that's a part of the problem, though, yeah. actually. And and I don't think that is something that we see in Scripture. And right. and that's kind of what I want to tackle. I, I think the point that you're making 
is exactly some of, and I want to be gracious here and I want to yeah. be careful. Yeah. I think that some of the failure of Christian men in mm-hmm. America, now, yeah. it's, go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I will say there, I feel like there's a balance there because on one side, you're going to have a, uh, the snowflake that becomes, you know, uh, mm-hmm. created. Then on the other side, you have someone who don't, can't feel. I think there's a middle ground where, you know, uh, feelings are valid, but not mm-hmm. to the point where young men are going to be babied all the way and, through. You and know. I don't think I don't think we have found that balance in American society at large. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we have found that balance, <clears throat> excuse me, among Christians living in America. I I actually think and I was going to get into this a little bit later, but since we've kind of opened up this, let's let's kind of dig in a little bit. I actually think the Bible presents a picture of this balance for us. I think we have a at least one, but there are many throughout scripture. But mm-hmm. there's one that I think would be so famous, if you will, and so popular that many people, when I say his name, they would go, oh, yes, of course. I think David in the scriptures is the perfect depiction of this balance. Because keep in mind, David is the, and I, I wrote this down, okay, he is the uh, strap on your swords pre-king, mm-hmm. okay? You remember him as he's going to go take care of Nabal the fool, who he's been guarding his flock for him as he's <clears throat> been pursued by Saul. Mm-hmm. And and then when when Nabal is going to shear his flock and now he's going to have some resources coming in, David sends some men, about 10 men, and you know, really believing that Nabal is going to do like just the right thing. Okay. And you remember mm-hmm. Abigail has to step in later, but, but um, David sends some men to Nabal and he's like, Hey, listen, we've been out in the field and we have guarded your flock. We've done right by you. We've not taken anything that we didn't have. You know, we, we've not taken anything that didn't belong to us or anything like that. And basically we've protected your, all that you have. He's a very wealthy man. And so they're saying, you know, what can you provide for us? that we have protected your flock and protected your land. Mm -hmm. And Nabal is like, what is a David? Like, what is (laughs) that? You know? And I mean, it's just, it's the, the epitome of tomfoolery. I mean, it is just so insane. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what we learn is that even just in the chapter before this, that David and his men, there's like 600 men. Okay. They had protected one town from the Philistines and then the Amalekites were also in the area. So what David was doing was truly genuinely protecting this man's field. And so this man, Nabal, who his name, now we don't know in scripture if this, if Nabal is the name that God actually, uh, that his parents actually gave to him, or if it's a nickname, or if it's just how he's described after the fact, I don't Mm -hmm. know that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that his name actually means fool, it literally means fool. I I don't, I don't know what you do with that, but that's the fact of scripture. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have a foolish man. It shows me that names matter. Names matter. Okay. (laughs) Names absolutely matter. So this man, Nabal, is like, okay, psh, what's a David? Like, I don't know. We're not giving him anything. And and so then as soon as word gets back to David, David tells his men. Now, depending on the translation that you read, NASB says, gird up your sword. ESV says, strap on your sword. Like so here is on. this strap on your sword. Let's yeah. get ready to go. Let's, okay. Let's go. <laughs> so so David is like, all right. Um, and and totally situated here to take out his entire family. Now, listen, yeah. that is not good. Right. Okay, I am not exalting that. Right. But what I'm saying is this is the warrior in David. Yeah. Okay, this is the I'm a man's man. Okay, I have done right by you mm-hmm. and you are refusing to return good to me mm-hmm. after I have done right by you. I'm coming to get you. Yeah. Okay, 
So, so this is David, and we know that what he plans to do mm-hmm. only is stopped by the beautiful Abigail, mm-hmm. the beautiful, and the Bible describes as intelligent wife of Nabal, mm-hmm. who is like, listen, here's what you're going to do, mm-hmm. okay? Right. And sees to it that our entire family is spared. Right. But this David is also the David of, and I just picked one, you could pick any of the others, okay, Psalms that David wrote. Yes. He is also a beautiful musician who's in incredibly connected to his emotions and connected to his feelings. And he loves the Lord. And this is not an exchange. This is not, I will either be a warrior or I will be emotionally and full heartedly connected to God. So I picked uh, Psalm chapter 30 and I'll read just a little bit of it, right? Because this is the same David. So just this juxtaposition here, the, the strap on your sword. Yes. And then this guy. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. Oh, Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You have kept me alive that I would not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you, his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Just an example. And there are Mm -hmm. others. I mean, my goodness, when he was found guilty and accused Mm -hmm. of the guilt that he that he owned. Yes, I did this against the Lord alone. Have I sinned? Yes. You you get this picture of a man who is able to. Yes, accept responsibility mm-hmm. for what he has done. Mm-hmm. Cry out to the Lord in repentance. Mm-hmm. And this is the same man who's like, you know, I, I cut off this piece from your garment here. I just want you to know I was I could have harmed you, Saul, but I didn't. Right. right. I could I could have taken you out, but I didn't. Right. You know, and, and also in this picture. And I was I was talking about this idea of, of David's men and their mm-hmm. interaction with Nabal and how just in you know a couple scenes prior to this, You've got David who is in this area is Keilah, I guess is how you would say it, Keilah, and the Philistines are there. And so you've got David with all of his men. But let me say this, David with all of his mighty men, but before he goes up against the Philistines, you have this picture where he prays to the Lord and he's like, should we go up against the Philistines? Mm. And the Lord is like, yes, go mm-hmm. up against the Philistines. Mm-hmm. So what do we see? We see I, I'm a warrior. Yes. But the Lord God is mighty. Amen. And so I want to be in his will. I want to be. And so the Bible paints this incredible picture of a man's man mm-hmm. who is also dependent on God, who is in touch with his feelings. And so there's no I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that in the body of Christ, we have a better example than the legend of the American man. And I want to say that respectfully. And I, Will the Great, you, you jump yeah. in here and tell me if that makes sense or if that no, is offensive that's that totally makes sense my thing is always guarding against what also america is trying to make a man and that's yes. pretty weak and pretty yes. you know uh soft and and, and totally all this stuff that. and i love to look at and I, i've read this to you before in the first mm-hmm. thessalonians chapter two how the apostle paul you see the differences now this is going to talk about you know uh, the mother and the father yes but the apostle paul is talking about the the church there in uh, Thessalonica, uh, and and I love how he's describing his care for yeah. the church. He says, mm-hmm. but we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. That's verse 7. Mm-hmm. And in verse 8, uh, having so fond an affection for you, we were w- well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become very dear to us. Yeah. And that's typically how a mother interacts with her children. It's going to mm-hmm. be nurturing. It's going to be affection. I feel like 
there's a move to to make men more like what they're not really going to be, you know? Okay. Not not that men can't nurture, but the primary role of a mother is going to be nurturing in a different way that a man would. And then okay. if you drop down, verse 11 says, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each uh, one of you as a father with his own children. Mm, so the mother okay. was nurturing and, you know, her, like, you know, loving in that way and with mm-hmm. affection for her children. The father was seen as, which is still care, exhorting and encouraging and imploring mm. each one of you as a father would uh, his own children so that you would walk in a manner worthy of of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Mm, so it's beautiful. I, I believe that men, yes, what you're saying is is right, I think. But I also want to guard against, you know, what this culture is trying to do to men make dads like moms yes so that one becomes irrelevant so there is a love and a care that that the father should have but it's going to look different not that it's not ever you know affectionate in you know a physical way like you know hugs and stuff like that but there's going to be a lot of encouraging and imploring and exhorting and you know uh, as a father would as father would as he cares for his children So, you know, it's interesting that you point that out because I, as I was reading this article, I did not think, and and we can kind of read some more of it. I think we should. In fact, Mm -hmm. I didn't get the picture of, like, I think of, I think of me mothering our kids. Okay. We have six kids. And I think of the way that I mother them really is largely driven by their personality and not mine. I think that the way I relate to them, you know what I'm saying? Like we've got some need different things. Some they do. And and they even come to us, I think, obviously in different ways. And so my response to those, those kids or that kid coming at that time is based on the personality. So for example, I would say for Sam Witt, Mm. you know, Sam Witt tends (laughs) to be a little, he tends to be a little more like affectionate. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's a little more, you know, and so I've got to, you know, recognize that and and not overdo it with the nurturing. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can rally him up if he falls and OK, you're OK, buddy. You yeah. know, but yeah. then at the same time, also recognizing that, OK, you you have injured yourself. Right. It's, that it's a real that hurt. does matter. It's a real yes. hurt. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you don't feel that, which is what we historically did. Oh, that's OK. Right, you're fine. Right. You know what I mean? Like my stomach's hurting. Drink some water. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I really do have a bellyache versus say like a, even like a Timmy. I mean, Timmy is not as affectionate a kid as Sam no, was, not. even the age difference. I mean, he right. is way more like, you know, you hug him, he gives you a few seconds and then he'll punch you in the face. Right. He's, you know what I mean? And that's still away. love for him. He's, yeah. he's done. He's done with yeah. that. And that's still love. So I guess when I was reading this article, I wasn't thinking of dad's as needing to, you know, I don't know, be the mom. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking dads have an important role that they play that our culture has said, no, only moms need to do Uh that. Dads need to go off. Gotcha. Dads, you see what I'm saying? Dads need to go. Because the article here actually goes on Mm -hmm. to point out the marked difference in the way dads felt about their children at the beginning of COVID. Because dads were Mm -hmm. home, Mm -hmm. they felt more connected to their kids in a way that they had not felt Uh, before. They felt, amen, right? They felt more significant. They felt more important. In fact, 
they felt necessary mm -hmm. because they essential. were there and saw the essential. <laughs> yes. They saw the role that they actually got to play when they were home. So the thing that I'm looking at is this idea of dads go. It's the industrial revolution. Mm. Dad, go. Get mm -hmm. out of your home. Moms, you stay there and you keep it. Mm. What does it look like to have a biblical picture of the family? That's okay, good. we got to grab the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we are talking about the good father effect, this incredible Wall Street Journal article I read, um, looking at the necessity of dads, that fathers are essential. Fathers are essential. Mm -hmm. And that's the point that we're trying to make today as we uh, just discussed this article. You know, getting back to the article here and just kind of picking up where we left off um, and then we'll have more conversation around it. Mm -hmm. Sociologists have found that warm Caring dads produce what they call the good father effect. A 2021 study published in the journal Family Psychology examined the at-home emotional support received by 388 adolescents over several years, measuring levels of parental intimacy mm. by asking questions about how often they went to their mother or father for advice and how much they shared feelings and secrets with them. The researchers found that closeness with fathers, closeness with fathers, was associated with fewer weight concerns, higher self-esteem, and fewer depression symptoms for both boys and girls. Mm. Now, why do I think this is so important to couple with the other conversations we've been having? Because emotionally and mentally, our children are really, really in a bad state in America right now. Guys, all of the data, like it's, it's one thing to have like a one-off story where you just read that and you're like, ooh, that doesn't look good. But the alarmists, if you will, are alarmed, right? Like they yeah. are concerned. And so it just tells you that the state that our kids in, our youth right now, that they're in a dire state and they really need parental oversight. Parents have got to be the adults in the room. This has long been the expectation of every culture. This is not, this is not unique to American culture that adults would, I guess, treat it as a verb, that they would adult <laughs> right. That that they would be the ones to give the oversight and the protection and the care for children. Right. It's unfortunate <clears throat> that even among Christian parents, we have almost sort of taken a step back from that responsibility because we've allowed the culture to dictate to us how we engage our children. It never should have been the case. It never should have been that this was the case. Back to this article. Close relationships with mothers provided positive benefits, but for a narrower range of ages than fathers. Mm. Now, guys, this is so important to understand, right? So, quote, in the context of two parent families, the protective effects of father youth intimacy may be more apparent than those of mother youth intimacy, the researchers wrote. Since mothers tend to be engaged in such conversations more than fathers, emotional closeness with fathers may be more salient and have more impact, 
said one of the lead researchers. Now think about this. From an order and a design standpoint, if the fathers are created by God to be the leaders in the family, then wouldn't it only stand to reason that their influence and their impact on the children is going to be greater because they are the leaders, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and I think what we have allowed the culture to do is to paint this picture. Our kids, when we spot it in videos or even commercial clips or whatever, movies, we say bumbling. (laughs) Our culture creates a father who doesn't know why he's there. And unfortunately, Christian families have adopted that as gospel truth. Mm. That that's that's the way the dad is supposed to be pictured. That's the way the dad is supposed to exist. And we have seen this has come down, passed down through generations and the proliferation of this idea via television and now streaming and all of this has made this normal. This is not normal. Dads were always expected to be present. This is what we talk about when we, we talk about the arm ramp for the gospel being inside the family. Amen. That the dads were supposed to teach and train their kids. That the dads are instructed not to provoke their kids, but to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. There is an incredible role for dads. And, and that instruction and that care doesn't mean, and, and I want to say this, you know, with a loving respect for the dynamic, okay, But that care and that instruction doesn't mean wait till your father gets home. (laughs) Like dads don't need to be called in like the A team. You you, you understand what I'm saying? Like Mr. T, I'm coming to get you. Like, you know, it's like dad doesn't need to walk into the door and and get his marching orders to go back to the room. And it's like, man, I pity the fool. (laughs) You know, there has to be that instruction that is lived life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about and again, just being completely vulnerable here. We've got a kid who um, it's our little Nathaniel. You know, he's got some developmental differences. um, And some people may say that that's a little bit on the spectrum. We've heard different things and, you know, wherever we've had him. But we look at Nathaniel and as he's getting older, we look at him having a lot of emotional Mm -hmm. issues as he's trying to process the world around him. And there's some limitations in the way like he thinks about things. His cognitive ability is not there. And so it would be so hard for me to not be able to walk into a room and find you, Will the Great, Mm -hmm. sitting in a rocking chair with him. Like, I'm just going to keep it 100 here. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's overwhelming to me personally to have to, like, figure out how to navigate each of those emotional spikes. When he's, like, really, really happy, okay, it's great, everybody. But then there are times where he's really, really sad Mm -hmm. or he's really, really anxious and I'm just like, okay, and I've I've reached the end of what I think I can do to walk with him through that. But then here comes dad. We're on the same page, right? And so dad is in the rocking chair, mm-hmm. praying with him, reminding him of the scriptures that he's also trained him to memorize. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if people think that that's a mother thing, but I got to tell you, when I see that, I don't think, oh, you're doing my job. I think you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. You are doing your job. And unfortunately, in our culture, we have said that dads are only the booming voice. Dads are only the disciplinarians. That, But we don't have dads teaching their kids to memorize scripture. We don't have dads helping their kids yeah. to walk through some of the emotional issues that they're dealing with. And I think one of the great lies of the enemy, and I want to get your take on this, Will, yes. great. Yes. But I think one of the great lies of the enemy has been to tell dads that they cannot do what God expects them to do. That yeah. they that they're not 
suited for that. I think that is one of the greatest uh, great lies of the enemy. And I think, you know, just from experience, seeing the effect that my voice has um, when when certain things when oh, are talked man. about, yeah. you know, when I maybe go into the girls' room and say, hey, y'all, let's, what's going on? There is a soberness and there's oh, more of a like, a, you know, like almost like, okay, he's in like here. Like the king walked in. <laughs> and I and I say this lovingly, yeah. but I'm just like I was just telling you guys, hey, 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 yeah. and then you walk in, it's like, guys, what's going on? Right. And I'm like, dude. And that's given by by God for a purpose, you Amen. know. And so I, I agree with you that that should be utilized, you know, in nurturing and in a loving way to be able to uh, have those conversation with your children and not wait for uh, uh, the mom to do it. You know, there are some, certain things that they're going to hear from you, and maybe they hear from mom a lot. And so then they need to hear from you about certain aspects of things. And so I, 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 would, I would think the enemy would try to, like, stifle that voice. You know, and I think moms, you have to be open and willing for the, the dad, the father to come in and do that as well. Because right. sometimes moms could be to a point where it's like, no, I want to be the voice that they're hearing from. You know, and not even do it on purpose, but it's just a, because of a— um, because That's the normal I think course of, lowered of things. Expectations. Will the great look? I think it's because of lowered expectations. Mm-hmm. This article refers to that as gatekeeping. Mm. It refers to moms who would get in the way of fathers fathering mm-hmm. as gatekeeping, and and attributes this behavior to the feelings that mm, maybe the dad can't do it, or the dad's not going to mm. do it the way that I that would I, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I found that personal aspect, I, I found that aspect of the article personally convicting mm. because there are times when I think of, okay, wait, I'm a communicator. Mm-hmm. I can listen, I can process, and I can discern. And so even when you're talking to them, it's it's not the way that I would talk to them. Mm. And so yeah. like my, my, my temptation and my inclination <laughs> is to come behind and be like, okay, so what your dad's saying here but i no i'm gonna i'm gonna do like like anna golden's i'm i'm gonna take it to jesus and i and i and i don't know what to say right now you know or maybe it's the problem is that i do i do know and i need to just and i think this is the way that we allow for the biblical example of the family Mm -hmm. to begin to flourish in our country that we resist some of our natural inclinations and then we say what does the bible say Mm. Do we have fathers in position for a reason? Like, mm-hmm. are they tasked to be the leaders of their families for a reason? Yes, this is God's design, and he has uniquely fitted them to be able to do that. And I would say that some of the gatekeeping that we see, oh, and I'm going to say this very humbly, and I'm going to say it very carefully, but I'm going to say it with great conviction. Some of the great, the gatekeeping that comes from moms mm has incapacitated dads. Mm. And it it almost kind of creates this cycle that who's going to break it? Like who's going to... Yeah. So the mom says by her behavior, dad, you can't. You mm. can't. Mm. And the dad feels and draws out from that behavior, I can't, I can't. And the cycle continues. So then mm. he doesn't, he doesn't. And so then the mom does, she does, and she feels like even more so, see, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't. And so somebody's got to break it. Like somebody's got to say, okay, you know what? He's he's their dad. And in that scenario, the mom also feels frustration, um, you know, because things become overwhelming, but yes. it was created, yes. you know, in, in, a, in a lot of ways oh, by her, you know. So it's, it's just a, it's not, like a cycle. Not in a lot of ways, just in a few ways. A lot of ways also <laughs> from the... <laughs> It's a cycle. It's a cycle that, 
you know, if it, if it doesn't, doesn't happen, then she don't re- experience the uh, uh, relief, you yes. know, that she could experience by not being a, the, that type, that gatekeeper. That's exactly right. Let me jump down to the end of this article here. Um, let's see. During the early days of the COVID pandemic, because we referenced this, I want to make mm-hmm. sure that it, to include this information. During the early days of the COVID pandemic, when families were mostly home together, more fathers experienced strong intimacy with their children. Mm-hmm. A couple of months into the lockdowns, um, Making Caring Common, this organization, Making Caring Common, surveyed 1,300 parents and found that 70% of fathers, cutting across race and class, mm-hmm. okay, 70% of fathers reported feeling closer to their children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, just pause and think about that for a second. If if it's just kind of being present and just showing up, right, probably seeing more of the needs and responding to those needs mm-hmm. and this fostering a sense of closeness. Imagine what we could do if we had that almost as a given. Now, I understand the way that our society runs today. Mm-hmm. It man. But 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 this, <sighs> this shows you that the way that society has been run it's not good for the family. It's not produced. It's it, not pro- because when yeah. dads have been home, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, there's more of a connection. So it shows you that just because it's set up this way in America, because in other cultures it's really not like that, mm-hmm. you know, especially if we look biblically speaking, the families were together. It just kind of shows you that the way that we've been doing things is not healthy for for the family. So is it too much? Is it an overstatement? Now, listen, okay, guys, Here, here's what I'm saying, all right? Is it too much for us to question whether or not our society, um, at least since the Industrial Revolution, um, where fathers were taken from the homes, and even to a certain extent moms, okay, um, certainly young women, is it too much to say that our culture and our society as we know it has largely been built on or has been powered by um, the reduction of the family, like mm. reducing it's it's almost sort of like ignoring the family is what has fueled a lot of the way that we live and the things that we enjoy. And I think this is a part of the great um, the great barrier that we come up to when we try to restore the position of the family. It really grates on us in any conversation. Why? Because when we talk about what it takes to restore the family, people say, you're coming for my dollars. Mm. Right? Like, guys, I just think about this. So so while we we try not to come for people's dollars, quote unquote, okay, we don't want to affect people's pocketbooks, okay, what happens is there is a culture that steps into that vacuum and says, oh, you're not going to eat that? Mm -hmm. So what happens is kids do not go unraised. Please understand. They do not go unraised. Somebody raises the children. The question is who? Who will raise the children? Will it be the fathers and the mothers to whom those children have been entrusted? Or will it be the booming voices from the culture? And I think what we have seen for at least the last few generations is that it's been the booming voices from the culture because mom and dads, as faithful as we are, we have been distracted by many things. And unfortunately, in our search for significance, those many things, if you will, have been more important than the family, than what we are doing to build our kids at home. Even when we ask the question today, what can we do to change our society? What can we do to change our culture? When people start talking about the family, you get a... <laughs> no, but I'm saying, what can we do? 
And there are so many other things that people show up for that they feel that's important, that's engagement. But if we say sit at home with your son and read a book to him, we're like, but, but, but I got to be doing something. But we don't understand that that son will grow up and engage this culture. So what is produced in him will be what everybody else deals with down the line. And I think we are now seeing the effects of normalizing a reduction or a reduced view, minimized view of the family. Sticking to God's word will and does enable us to do better than what we've done. We're out of time. We're going to take your calls. You can fire away on this until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.